Today, we live in a country that is much different than the vision our founding fathers sought to create during the start of our nation. Our declaration not only claimed our independence, but it marked a unifying bond between the people of an undivided nation. Since the creation of our country, politics have slowly evolved into what we know it as today. Our nation is divided on nearly every front, from racial to economic differences and everything in between. There's a two-sided debate behind every political decision. Living in a country that is constantly arguing with each other is not healthy nor productive for either side. So the question must be raised, why does America face so much divide? You're tuning into Young People's Handbook, the podcast digging into our young society. My name is Luke McCarthy, and I'll be walking you through a series of insightful episodes aimed to open your eyes to the subtle things that form our lives. To help answer the questions looming around America's social divide, it's important to not only understand what's happening within our government, but also to better understand how other nations govern their citizens, and possibly ways that they avoid divide. Firstly, the largest disconnect between government and people comes from the idea that many of the laws and policies are put into action and enforced by one centralized power. Now, the U.S. has precautionary checks and balances to avoid one position from maintaining too much power, and this is helpful in many scenarios. But at the end of the day, the bulk of the decision-making power lies in the hands of a single federal government. An argument that dates back to the signing of the Declaration, and is still a large part of politics today, is the argument between more localized state power versus a strong unified federal government. Under our current conditions, we fall more towards the area of federal power. Now, there are both positives and negatives to living in a nation governed by a strong federal government, but there is no doubting that compared to more localized governments, a federal government is much more susceptible to social divide. Think about this. When election time rolls around, many of the same states show up blue or red every year and never change. If your state is overwhelmingly democratic, there's a very good chance that your government is majority Republican. This happens for reasons that are obvious, trying to please millions of people across a nation that spans from sea to sea is impossible. A Midwest farmer will never see eye to eye with a Northeastern businessman, yet their president is the same. A California hippie doesn't prioritize stock market regulations, just like a hedge fund manager is not worried about the legalization of weed. If people want to rid America of the hostile divide, it's important we understand possibly the largest flaw in our government. To better understand the flaws behind our nation, I looked into how other nations operate. Switzerland is globally known for their peace, within and outside of the border. Switzerland's approach to keeping their nation unified is much different than ours. Switzerland is divided into 26 cantons. These cantons are similar to states in that they have their own government, which has connections back to a national government. The difference is, these cantons are much more individual than the U.S. state. America passes most of their laws on a federal scale, and the policy trickles down to the states. Under the Swiss Constitution, each canton has the power to enact and strike laws, policies, or bills at any point. 
This lends itself to less geographical divide. Representatives of cantons are voted on by the residents of each canton. They each individually have the power to print money and set exports. With each canton being able to control their economics and policies, it's easy to see why a more localized government can limit national divide. A political journalist may argue that localized government actually encourages political divide, which I argue is absolutely false. They may say that a local government might allow for more people to have their political agenda fulfilled, but by taking the power away from the federal government, our nation would lose a sense of unity. While this seems possible, the opposite took place in Switzerland after their civil war. Once implementing their 26 cantons, there was a noticeable increase in nationalism within the Switzerland borders. People were not just supporting their local canton, but the Swiss were actually supporting their federal government more. Localized power does have its drawbacks. For one, law enforcement many times face issues in terms of jurisdiction between cantons. This is a very large issue in Switzerland, and many times illegal money transfers could slip through the cracks as 26 different banking regulations can cause confusion. Switzerland is known for its limited regulations on money, and the Swiss banking stands alone in a category of not asking questions on large deposits. Switzerland acts as a money safe haven for many international criminals who need to keep large amounts of money in a safe bank. Due to a combination of the federal policy of non-extradition and the disconnect between cantons, Switzerland's banks have the ability to act much more unregulated, which promotes shady legal deals. This issue, I feel, is not a byproduct of localized government, but rather Swiss officials understanding the importance of allowing people who store their money in an unmarked Swiss bank account without any questions, and the positive economic return that these gray area accounts have on the Swiss economy. If America was to gravitate away from a strong federal government and let policymakers become more localized, branches like the FBI and IRS would still be active and always in pursuit of illegal wrongdoings. There would, they would still ensure the same legal regulations as they do now. Looking back at our last podcast, in addition to political divide, America faces an ongoing issue of ethnic and racial disconnect. Some may argue that our nation's divide can never be solved because anyone in our country has a different background and no one will ever see eye to eye. I say to those people that they are wrong, and again, I point to Switzerland to explain why. In Switzerland, there is no one universal language. Depending on where you are or who you're with, you could be speaking one of three potential languages, French, Italian, or German. One would think that the language barrier would cause much more of a divide than the color of someone's skin, but you'd be wrong. In an interview I conducted recently from a student at Syracuse University who grew up in, and lived in Switzerland until the age of 18, claimed that although many students at his high school spoke different languages, he felt much less tension between groups. During the interview, he said that he sees much more racism of all ethnic groups in America than he did back in Switzerland. When I asked him why he thought this was, he was not sure how to answer. After thinking for a bit, he jokingly replied, 
I guess everyone in America is just a bit more mean than the Swiss. This prompted me to realize localized government versus federal government was just the tip of the iceberg. There are so many cultural differences between us and the Swiss that to make the claim that the reason for less tension in Switzerland is purely because of the way their government works would be flat out ignorant. After thinking more, I started to look at some other data, a younger drinking age, different public education system, greater cultural ties to family and community, and a host of other differences are all factors that played into a society that differs from ours. So then I came back to my original thesis, localized government reduces social tension. In light of my new thinking, I looked at another nation besides Switzerland to compare America to. Thinking close, my mind went to our northernmost neighbors, the Canadians. Canada is very similar to the U.S. in terms of culture, although many parts of Canada contain historical heritages that trace back to European roots. Canada is racially divided, very similar to us. American culture many times finds its way north into Canada's mainstream. I felt that Canada showed most similarities with America compared to Switzerland. It possibly could act as a better comparison. Slimmer to the U.S., Canada has a drinking age much higher than the European countries. Also, Canada relies on similar forms of import-export as the U.S. and follows the same overall economic approach that we do. As far as the Canadian government goes, it is much more centralized than the Swiss government. Canada's federal government controls its foreign affairs and its national defense, just like Switzerland does. But unlike the Swiss, Canada's banking is left in the hands of the government. However, unlike America, Canada's 11 provinces have much more governing power than the U.S. state. Each province being able to enact its own laws and pass their own bills similar to the way Swiss cantons work, Canada's provinces are able to work with much more spontaneity and require less availability of the federal government compared to the U.S. In an ordered list ranking countries by the power of their federal government, I would put Canada in between the U.S. and Switzerland. Canada's provinces have much more governing power than the U.S. states do, but the federal government in Canada plays a much larger role than that of Switzerland. So what do we notice? For starters, Canadian polarization is on the rise. Over the past 100 years, tensions between Canadians have been on a steady increase. In the same 100 years, the power in Canada moved more and more out of the hands of a localized government and more into the hands of the federal government. This trend would suggest that there is a correlation between increased federal power and overall social divide in a country. In the past 30 years, Canada has seen the emergence of a two-party system similar to that of our country. Since their evolution to a two-party system, tensions in Canada's are higher than ever. We are starting to see Canada's political system acquire characteristics from ours. Political disagreements in Canada are starting to resemble what we have to deal with here in the States. Rhetoric calling out opposing views as being un-Canadian for discussing private health care or calling someone un-Albertan for questioning if there can be more done to promote industry other than oil and gas. Political disagreement is inevitable no matter where you are in the world. 
In America, our nation is feeling the strongest tensions since the end of the Civil War. Canada is gradually moving away from a strong localized government, and the transition to a federal power is bringing about similar polarization that America is facing. When we look at a nation like Switzerland, they still have much more national power in the hands of localized government, which can better appeal to their citizens and discourage polarization. There is an evident correlation between strong federal power and high national tension. So if America has any hopes of lessening the growing displeasement, its first step should be to dilute the power of the federal government and return some decision-making to the states. Money drives most people's decisions. A strong federal government allows those in power to maintain and promote their agenda. The federal government and those who control it will never willingly hand over its power to the states. If we want change, it's time that we stop arguing about who's running our nation and instead figure out how we want our nation to be ran. Thank you for tuning into the third episode of Young People's Handbook. Tune in next week as we examine a notable pattern amongst the people of Gen Z and how our lack of responsibility may lead to our demise. Thank you.